Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. You know what I mean when I, when I say being ready, right? It means being prepared. Being prepared. Preparation is a major aspect of what God does and works through in the life of the believer. What are you prepared for? What are you ready for? What are you believing for? And one of the key factors to preparation is expectation. One of the key factors that you tend to prepare for, I have found in my life, and I'm sure you have as well, that you tend to prepare for what you're expecting. You tend to make preparations for what you have an expectation of. If you uh, see a female that is pregnant and is expecting with child, amen, they are typically making preparations for that child, aren't they? They're, they're buying paint colors and they're picking out names and, uh, you know, they're, they're buying furniture uh, that they've probably never bought before and, um, a lot of investment, a lot of thought, a lot of care is going into the preparation. Why? Because it began with expectation. And preparation always begins with expectation. It begins with what are you expecting? What are you ready for? Well, that begins with what you're expecting. What are you believing for? What I'm believing for, I tend to get ready for. And I mean believing with a faith inside that this is the way it's going to be. Not a, not a hopeful, wishful, well, let's see how it turns out. But I'm talking about a believing that says this is what I'm believing for God to do this year. This is what I'm believing for God to turn around. This is what I'm believing for God to bring, for God to advance, for God to increase, for God to do in my family, for God to do in my home. For whatever it is, you have to set yourself with an expectation that then becomes a preparation. But what I have seen in the last several weeks, and this would be the, the work of the enemy, and this would be the the exactly how the devil operates because you know he's a thief John 10 10 tells us that the thief comes to what to steal to kill and to destroy and he doesn't come to do one of those three things he comes to do all of those three things he wants to steal and he wants to kill and he wants to destroy he wants to do all of it so he's not content with how your 2020 turned out if he can get you to carry that into 2021, now he's working. Now he's moving. Now he's disrupting. Now he, he's, he's beginning to tweak some things. And, and I have uh, been, been um, uh, I don't know, I, I've just been disrupted in my spirit because, you know, typically we go into New Year's and new seasons and we make New Year's resolutions and we have these visions and these goals and these ideas of how things are going to be in the new year and what we want to address. And I am seeing an apprehensiveness in people, even in believers, even in Christians. I'm seeing a, um, almost a, a fear to expect. And I believe that's the greatest kind of fear there is, is the fear to expect something. And they don't want you to label this year. They don't want you to, to call out what you're believing for or what it might. I, I've heard people say, let's just see what happens when we get there. Let, let's not get our hopes up about this year. I mean, coming off of what happened last year and, and coming around every bend and every corner, there was trial after trial and issue after issue and struggle after struggle. And it's got people in a position going into this new year with no expectation, no joy, no fight, no belief system. And I believe that's exactly where the enemy wants you. But the greatest kind of fear there is is the fear of no expectation, the fear to expect, the fear to believe in what could be, to believe in what might be possible. And there's an apprehension 
It's like we're walking on eggshells in 2021. And I'm telling you right now, you will conquer nothing this year with that attitude. You will conquer nothing this year with that position. You'll conquer nothing this year wondering what might come your way. No, it's going to happen this year because of expectation. It's going to happen this year because you have a belief. It's going to happen this year because you remain stayed and steadfast. And what do you believe God can and God will do this year? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. We've seen these verses. We know these verses. Beginning in the uh, verse 1, New King James Version. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. Everyone say not seen. So faith does not exist where it is tangible, where it is seen, where it is visible in this realm, in this natural realm. That's not faith. If you have it, it's not faith. If you're holding it, it's not faith. Faith is always reaching for what has not yet occurred, has not yet taken place, has not yet been held, has not yet been received, has not yet been uh, 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 placed in this natural realm where we can grab a hold of it. Naturally, faith lives in the unseen. The Bible tells us that we are not, uh, we do not live by what we see, but by what we cannot see. The Bible tells us that this is where we're supposed to make our living. This is where we're supposed to dwell. This is where we're supposed to live. This is where we are supposed to, to operate as believers. He says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not Seen, verse 2, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony, a good report. How did they obtain this? By faith. That's how you grab a hold of the things of God. That's how you grab a hold of what God is wanting to do in your life, is by faith, is by believing in what you cannot see, believing in what you cannot touch and hold physically, tangibly, naturally. No, we have to have a belief system in something that we do not even yet see. Verse three, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the what? Word of God, by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. You know, God is working on things right now that you cannot see that you cannot hold, that you cannot touch, and he's using things you can't see to bring them to pass. One day you will see them. One day they will come to pass. One day you will uh, uh, have them in your life, but he's using things that you cannot see. He's using things in your life that right now you have no idea how. You have no idea when. You have no idea who. You have no idea where. You might not even know why, but God is working. God is working. Look at these verses in the Amplified Version. Look how these verses read, beginning with verse 1 in the Amplified. Now, faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation. Everyone say confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. That's, that's, a, conf, that's a confidence divinely guaranteed and the evidence of things not seen here it is the conviction of their reality faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses for by this kind of faith the men of old gain divine approval by faith that is with an inherent trust and enduring confidence in the power, wisdom, and goodness of God. We understand that the worlds, universe, and ages were framed and created, formed, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. I love that. I love that translation. I love the breakdown. Faith 
should not be something that is new to the believer. Faith should not be something that is uh, abnormal to the believer. This type of living, this type of thinking, this type of believing should be natural and normal to every believer on the face of this planet, period. In fact, verse 6 tells us in the New King James, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please your God. God is not pleased when we live by what we see. God is not pleased when we merely live or merely reduce our lives to what is happening around us, what is happening to us, what we see and what we hear and how we feel. Those are never to be things that you place your trust in your faith in. Never. We should always be moved to believe in what has not yet taken place. And so this attack of the enemy right now, to even thwart your expectation for what God can do this year, to even manipulate what you believe is possible in 2021. The title of my message today is Jumping to Conclusions. Jumping to Conclusions. I mean, even that statement right there. People say that and speak that statement in a negative manner. Oh, they're jumping to conclusions. Right? Don't we do that? Isn't that statement alone usually uh, spoken of people that are assuming something that has not yet taken place? Jumping to conclusions. Well, today, I'm telling you this year, the way you finish is going to be the way you start. Because that's how God operates. God always begins at the end of a thing and then works his way backwards. God never starts something and says, let's see how this will turn out. We'll call it whatever it is when we get there. No, God begins at the end. God will speak the end from the beginning. God knows the end from the beginning. Not just the distinction between the end and the beginning. He knows the end before he even starts, he wrote the back of the book before he wrote Genesis 1-1 in the beginning. He already knew, behold, I'm coming quickly. He already knew I'm sending a new king and there's going to be a new kingdom and a new kingdom on earth as in heaven. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth and Jerusalem's coming out of heaven too. He already knew how this thing winds up before he ever wrote in the beginning. God works backwards. God jumps to conclusions. I said God jumps to conclusions. I want to ignite your faith today in what is possible this year. We cannot have weak-minded believers that are only living by what is happening. That is the weakest form of living for a Christian. That is the worst way to live as a believer. When you have the very power to change what's around you, yet we live being told by what's around us how to live and how to feel and how to act and how to operate. And that is no way for a believer to live. That is no way for a believer to operate, especially in times like, I believe in times like these, we need believers filled with faith more than ever more than ever, to be able to stand in the midst of darkness and speak light, to be able to stand in the midst of hopelessness and speak hope, to be able to stand in the midst of brokenness and speak healing, to be able to stand in the midst of, uh, of conflict and chaos and to speak a confidence and an assurance that my kingdom cannot be shaken. It's the only way to live for the believer. It's the only way to live. There are no alternatives. There are no other options. You must live by faith. The Bible tells us the just shall live by faith. That's the only way we can live. It's the only way we can operate. Jumping 
to conclusions. I'm going to jump to some, some conclusions this year. I don't know about you. I'm going to jump to some things that I believe are going to happen regardless of what happens around me. And I'm not going to be looking around for indicators. I'm not going to be looking around for this to line up and this to take place. I know what the word of God says and I'm going to put my feet firmly planted in it and upon it. I was Chase and I were just talking this morning about jinxing. Jinx it. Right? Don't jinx it. Y'all seen that Dr. Pepper commercial? Yeah, some of y'all seen it? Fansville? And the guy says, oh, this guy, what does he say? He, this guy is automatic, talking about the kicker. And then the kicker misses it. And so everybody gets mad at the guy because he what? He jinxed it. Like you have that. Even the world knows your words have some sort of power. You're telling me a fan sitting miles away can affect the outcome of a game with his words. But yet when I get up here and preach to you and tell you, you are the healed of the Lord. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. All I'm doing is repeating and agreeing with what his word has already said. I don't know about that, pastor. I don't know. What, what can confession really do? What can that really affect? What, what is me declaring and saying and speaking things? What does that even do? Boy, you better learn how to open your mouth in 2021 this year because the world is going to try to fill your mouth with all kinds of junk and garbage. You better learn how to align it with the word of God. We've said this before that when God speaks, he's not speaking to declare something. He's speaking to perform something. I said he's speaking to perform. When God speaks, he acts. What did verse 3 tell us? We know that the worlds were formed by the word of God in the beginning. Let there be light, and there was light. Let there be plants, and there were plants. Let there be stars, and there were stars. Let there be man on the earth. Let us make man in our image. Give him our likeness. Let him function and operate in the earth just like us. His word works. And his word is sent. It's sent to accomplish something. And it will not return void, but it will accomplish that which it was sent to do. When you are speaking the word of God, the word of God in your mouth is just as powerful as the word of God in his mouth. It's funny people want to get on to me about confession. And they want to get on to me about, oh, you guys just that name it, claim it, and, and blab it, grab it, and, and just declaring and saying stuff. But yet, all that ever comes out of their mouth is the most negative stuff I've ever heard in my life. And you're getting it. You're proving my point. Oh, I don't know about this year. I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Oh, I'm, I'm kind of feeling sick in my body. Oh, yeah. And you get exactly what you say every time, every single time. I mean, if you're going to say something, <laughs> if you're going to waste the breath, if you're going to speak the words, why not just speak what he said? Why not just come into agreement with what his word already said? Why not just come into agreement with what he's already put on? He's already told you what to say. The hardest part of the test is already done. It's open book. The answers are here. Today I put before you life and death. Choose life. He gives you the answers. God's testing me. He gives you the easiest test possible. Choose life. Choose health. Choose victory. Choose overcoming. Choose the greatest outcome. Choose overcoming. Choose life. Choose life. Choose life this year. Don't choose death. Don't choose hate. Choose life. Man, 
The CSB version reads uh, Hebrews 11 verse 6, without faith it is impossible to please God since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. You must believe. You must believe, number one, he is. And number two, that he is a rewarder. God is not trying to hold anything back from you. God is not a withholder. God is a giver by nature, the most generous being there is in the, in the face of the planet, in the world. You don't get any more generous than God. He has stored it up for you. It's all access. And it's our faith or lack of that either grabs hold or rejects what God is trying to get to us. You got to be able to jump to some conclusions. You got to be able to jump to the end. Yeah, I want you to think about your life and what it looks like December 31st, 2021. I want you to think and picture and become aware and, and imagine. You know, I've, I've told people before, I've told y'all before. You show me someone that is a world-class worrier, and I'll show you someone that can be a world-class warrior in their faith. It's the same principle applied just in reverse. Think about it. People that worry, you've met people that worry. They make up stuff to worry about. There ain't nothing to be even worried about. And they'll find something to be worried about. They'll make up a reason to complain. They'll make up a reason to be in a bad attitude. And they want to drag you down with them. They're not, they're not comfortable standing by them. I have found people of faith will stand all by themselves. People will worry, need company. I need other people to worry with me. I need to get you just as worried and mixed up and disheveled as I am. I need you to, to be down in the dumps with me. But people of faith will say, man, believe whatever you want. I'm believing this is happening. I'll believe all by myself. I will stand here one against the multitude and I will believe what the word of God says. Reverse it. Reverse the worry. Romans chapter four, we see such an incredible testimony here in Romans chapter 4. A man named Abraham. He's actually called the father of faith. The father of faith. And this is kind of the synopsis of the story. You find the actual story in Genesis 12 and Genesis 15 and Genesis 17 when God approaches a man that is, that, that is beyond childbearing age and has not been able to produce any children. He and his wife, Sarah, 190 years old, give birth to their first child, Isaac. Give birth to their first child at that age. Beyond natural ability beyond natural comprehension, beyond natural believability. And in Romans chapter four, we kind of get the behind the scenes and it says, as it is written, verse 17, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, the one who gives life to the dead and calls things into existence that do not exist. This year, you're gonna have to call into existence some things that aren't existing. You're going to have to call it in. Call it in. How? With your mouth. Call it in. Look at your neighbor. Say, call it in. We're going to call in peace in the midst of hate. We're going to call in healing in the midst of sickness. We're going to call in uh, 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 finances in the midst of lack. We're going to call it in this year. You're going to call it in. He called things into existence that do not exist. He believed, hoping against hope. That means in a situation that didn't offer any hope, he still had hope. Why? Because my hope comes from the inside, not the outside. If you're waiting for a hopeful situation to produce hope in your life, you will be waiting the rest of your life. Hope comes from a place that no one else can produce it. No man can produce it. No person can produce it. No amount of money can produce it. No way of life can produce it. Hope comes from the inside. I said hope comes from the, you look different, you sound different, you talk different, you live different when you get your hope from a different source. Who's the source of your hope this year? 
What do you have your hope chained to this year? He said, hoping against hope. I don't care how hopeless it is around me. We've already determined this as a church. The reason it's so hopeless is because you're bringing the convoy of hope. You're bringing the hope with you. You are the bringer of hope. I said, you are the bringer. If you're surrounded by hopeless situations, then start releasing the hope that is inside you. We need some believers that are going to be hopeful in the midst of hopelessness. He believed hoping against hope so that he became the father of many nations according to what had been what? Spoken. Again, we're back to our words this year. We're back to our words again. Jumping to conclusions. He jumped to a conclusion. Abraham jumped to a conclusion. I'll be a father. I'll be a father of many nations. I will bear a child. I will bear a son. I will become a father of many nations against hopelessness, against no possibility naturally, against no way that this could ever be performed. I'm going to jump to a conclusion. That's what you call jumping to conclusions. Oh, yeah, the world's going to want to tell you, don't jump to conclusions now. Don't get your hopes up. Right? You will be labeled radical this year if you get your hopes up. Is that all right? You'll be labeled the crazy one. Don't you know what happened in 2020? Don't you remember what just took place? Man, I tell you, people of hopelessness, they've got strong memories. They got real good hindsight. They, got, they are locked into their past. They give you every reason why it won't work. They give you every reason why it can't happen. They give you every reason why you, you shouldn't jump to the conclusions, why you shouldn't get your hopes up, why you shouldn't believe. Man, who has believed the report of the Lord? Who has believed? Who has believed? The report of the Lord. I'm expecting something. I'm preparing for something. I'm not going to live this year down in the dumps. I'm not going to hear this live this year walking on eggshells, wondering what's coming around every corner, what, wondering what kind of disruption is going to. I was made for the disruptions. I was born for the chaos. Bring on the conflict. Show me the issue. Uh, the answer, the solution has just showed up on the scene. And we need some tenaciousness this year, not tentativeness this year. Some tenacity. Abraham had some tenacity, believing, hoping against hope. He became the father of many nations, just as what had been spoken, so will your descendants be. Verse 19, he did not weaken in faith. So my faith can be weakened or strengthened. We all have faith to greater degrees and different measures. And whatever measure you have is the measure to which you have developed it to. He's no respecter of persons. He doesn't give uh, to one person a small measure and to another a greater measure. All of us have a measure of faith and it's up to you to develop it and strengthen it and work it and progress it and increase it. Or not. Or not. Man, get you a faith battle this year. Get you a, 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 a faith, something to put your faith in. A faith project. Everybody, every believer perpetually needs a faith project. Believe for something bigger than you. Believe for something that's greater than you. Put your faith and trust in what God wants to do and what God can do if you will just yield your life and your service to him. Put your faith out there. Take a step. Get out of the boat. This year, 2020 has got people wanting to stay in the boat. 2020 has got people wanting to remain as inactive, lay low. Maybe you won't get the devil's attention. I'll tell you right now, you are a part of the problem, not the solution. 
that you only become a part of the problem, not the solution. Inactivity for a believer is, is go, go find the, the, the wicked, lazy servant that buried what he had and stuck it in the ground. Little, I'm just laying low. I'm not taking any risks, not taking any chances. He, he went through 2020, and he said, you know, I know what happened last time I put my stuff out there. You know what happened last time I tried to invest and tried to put my faith out and got out of the boat. Man, I'm burying this thing, sticking it into the ground. I ain't taking any chances this year. We're going to lay low, and I'm at least going to bring back to the master what he gave to me. And he's going to look at you on December 31st and say, you wicked and lazy servant, you were a part of the problem, not a part of the solution. And now I'm taking what you had, and I'm giving it to that person and casting you out. And I didn't make that story up. That's in the Bible. Matthew chapter 25, 14 through 32. Look it up. It's a powerful story. It will cost you more to do nothing than it would to get out and do something. Yeah, it'll cost you to step out. It'll cost you to believe. It'll cost you to put your faith out there. It'll cost you to get, but it'll cost you far more to do nothing. Inactivity for the believer is never tolerated. So Abraham, he's jumping to conclusions. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body to already be dead since he was about 100 years old. The facts are the facts. We're not changing that. God didn't miraculously make him younger. God didn't miraculously turn Sarah into some 21-year-old child-bearing female that use what you got. I consider what I have, but I'm not dependent on what I have. I don't put my confidence in what I have. The facts are the facts. This is the hand you're dealt. This is what you got. This is what's happening. He didn't, he didn't consider it. He didn't, he didn't put his faith and his trust upon it. He said, in spite of. In spite of. You're going to need some in spite of this year. Against all odds. I know what it looks like. I, be, I still believe what God can do. Never seen the righteous forsaken in the land of the living. I have seen the goodness of the Lord. I will see. We will see the goodness of the Lord. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body to be already dead. And also the deadness of Sarah's womb. And he did not waver. This is not the year to waver. Come on, this is not the year to waver in and out. What if one day hot, one day cold, one day up, one day down, on fire Sunday morning, burned out on Monday morning. It ain't going to work this year. You're going to have to be steadfast. You're going to have to be fixed, immovable, unshaken. He did not waver in unbelief at God's promise, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Watch, because he was fully convinced. Because he was fully convinced. Do I have some fully convinced people in the house of God today? Fully convinced. Cannot be shaken. You can't change my mind. You can't change my mind. You can throw all the facts you want. You can give me an image and a glimpse of all the hopelessness you want. You can, you can try to deter me, try to get me to waver, but I will not waver. I am fully convinced. I'm jumping to conclusions. Look at your neighbor say, I'm jumping to conclusions this year. I'm, I, I'm okay jumping to conclusions. I'm going to jump to some conclusions. I'm jumping to the conclusion I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm jumping to the conclusion I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not. I'm jumping to the conclusion this year that he will come through. He will show himself faithful just as he always has. Jump to the conclusion. He was fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to do. A lot of people don't like this kind of preaching. I tell you, man, if you want to hear worried preaching, I mean, there's plenty of it out there. There's no shortage. It's amazing how people are resistant to faith. 
one little statement last year threw half the church in flux, faith over fear. Simple statement, faith over fear. Oh, you got to have wisdom. Throw the wisdom conversation. I tell you what, there is no wisdom without faith. That's the most unwise decision you will ever make is to not live by faith. The man's, man's wisdom is foolishness to faith. And we're going we're gonna to have a lot of foolish looking people. He ain't coming back for a foolish church. <laughs> He's coming back for a full church. Full of faith. Full of faith. Full of faith. It'll ruffle some feathers this year. That's okay. I've, I've told you a thousand times, 2020 only proved what people were made of. It didn't make anybody. It just pulled out what they were hiding in 2019 and 2018 and, and all the comfort and all the convenience and all the, 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 the niceties of life. But man, the second tragedy hits. The squeezing only releases what is inside. So look at this in Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. Y'all okay? It's going to be a great year. God's going to do some incredible things. We're going to have to be bold as lions this year. I'm just telling you. You need to go ahead and get your word for the year. Go ahead and ask the Lord. What are you doing this year? It's what he's doing anyways. I love how Joshua, many times, he, he would look at the Lord and say, Lord, if we lose this battle, you're the one looking stupid. If this thing don't turn out right, it's your name that's on the line. He say that to God. If you don't come through for us, they're going to call you a liar. They're going to say you brought us out here to die. Come on. Numbers chapter 13. We're just going to kind of Jump around this. You guys are familiar with this story. The Israelites have come on the edge, come on the cusp of the promised land. The Lord speaks to Moses. He says, get together 12 spies, 12 men, one from each tribe. Send them in to the promised land to spy out the land. And they go in to spy out this land, whether it's good or whether it's bad, whether it's fertile, whether it's infertile. Whether it's large, whether it's small. And so these 12 spies, they go and, you know, they see grapes so large that they have to carry them between two grown men. They see a land flowing with milk and honey, just as what God had promised. They see the, the rich soil. They see the the large quantities, they see the, the, the massive land that this is. They, they see the bountifulness of the blessing. Look, you can't look at the blessing and not see how good God is. You can't look at the blessing of the Lord and not see his favor. You can't look at the blessing of the Lord and, and not see. But you can deny. And although they saw grapes... They also saw giants. They took just about everything that was good about the land and they flipped it with the mentality, we can't take it. Have you ever put yourself in that position where the blessing of the Lord was so good you didn't think you deserved it? See, the problem was that even though they came out of Egypt, Egypt didn't come out of them. Even though they came out of bondage and slavery, 
they remained slaves in their minds. They thought like slaves and they behaved like slaves. And slaves don't deserve a land flowing with milk and honey. And slaves can't defeat these few giants. And slaves shouldn't be uh, acquiring this type of land. Right? They talked themselves out of what God was trying to talk them into. You know, God's trying to talk you into stuff with his words. With his words. He's talking you into believing you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He's talking you into believing that by his stripes you were healed. He's talking you into that. It's the word that's acting. It's the word that changes you. It's the word that, look, you can't love the word of God if you won't live by the word of God. You cannot love the word until you will live by the word. And I don't just mean live like as in obedience to standards and rules. I mean live by the promises of God that are in his word and declare them and place them over your life and live as if that word is true. That means not living in condemnation when you've been brought out of darkness into light. That means not living in fear when you've been called to live by faith. That means not not living in lack when he's called you to a bountiful harvest and a bountiful blessing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When when, When we hear live by the word of God, of course we mean the standards and the rules and the commandments of the word. But but sometimes we don't live by the standard of the word when we allow things to operate in our lives that we are to be set free from. Belief systems that are, you know, there's a lot of Christians that believe a lot of stuff God never said. Probably the most rampant one, especially in this area. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I mean, y'all can finish the sentence for me. God never said that. That's not in the Bible. You ever heard Christians quote things as if it were the word and you know that ain't in the word? That's not even a scripture. We have our our Christian quotes, our our Christian sayings. I'm just a sinner, saved by grace. God never said that. God never said that. So we live below God's promise. We live below what God has for us. Much like these Israelites in Numbers chapter 13. Start with verse 27. These 12 spies, they come back after seeing all the the blessing of the Lord. And they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. When you see God's blessing, it will be undeniable. That doesn't mean you walk in it. Doesn't mean you accept it. Doesn't mean you live in it. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Verse 30, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession and watch this he jumps to a conclusion for we are well able he said we are well able he's not even he's leaving no room for doubt he's not even wavering in unbelief I think we should try let's give it our best effort let's see what happens let's just see what happens when we get there maybe they'll want to have a truce or maybe they'll compromise no he says we are well able that sounds like somebody fully convinced Confident, assured, with a divine guarantee. He said, we are well able to overcome it. Well able. What did he just do? He jumped to a conclusion. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people. 
for they are stronger than we. Now, what's the difference between these two conclusions? One conclusion was based on what God said. The other conclusion was based on what they saw. And those will be the two options you have this year. You can come to a conclusion based on what God has said, or you can come to a conclusion based on what you see. It's simple. I just gave you the answer for, the, for a great year in 2021. You can either live by what you see, be moved by what you see, be moved by how you feel, be moved by what you hear, or you can remain fixed and come to the conclusion that God has already come to the conclusion. See, Joshua and Caleb reminded themselves of what God had already said. Joshua and Caleb were only coming into agreement with what God had already spoke. This was years, thousands of years in the making. God spoke it to Abraham. Yeah, the same Abraham we just read about. Remember the, 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 the father of many nations? These are those nations. He spoke to him, look, your people, they're going to be taken into slavery, taken into bondage. But I will raise up a deliverer that will bring them out, and I will bring them back to this land. You know where God was speaking to Abraham, uh, uh, Abraham at when he spoke those words? Canaan, the promised land. And he said, this thing's coming full circle. You can have absolute confidence. I'm bringing you right back to where I'm, I'm seeing it from Canaan and I'm finishing it in Canaan because I'm well able to perform that which I've promised. I'm fully convinced. And now thousands of years later, the very people that God is calling back into that promised land are fearful to go into it because of what they saw and forgot what he said. Are you going to forget what God said? Are you going to forget his promises? Forget not all his benefits. Forget not all his promises. No, he's faithful to perform. What conclusion will you jump to? Worship team, if you come. What conclusion will you jump to? Go with me to Joshua chapter 2. I'm going to give you a little twist to this. Because there is somebody that believes in what is possible this year. If you won't, I'll show you someone that does believe. I'll show you someone that believes wholeheartedly that God is faithful to perform his promises. I'm going to show you someone that believes beyond the shadow of a doubt. He knows for certain what is possible. What you're made of. I'm going to show you Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2, verse 8. I'm going to read out of the CSB. Before the men fell asleep. So this is after uh, they have, uh, uh, this is after Moses has passed on. Those Israelites that doubted, those Israelites that feared, those Israelites that didn't want to go in and obtain the promise of God. Unfortunately, Joshua and Caleb were outnumbered and they wandered in the wilderness 40 years. Anybody tired of wandering? Anybody tired of, of holding out? Any, anybody tired of being on the outskirts of what God has called you in and ready to go in? Moses passes on and God speaks to Joshua and says, you're the man, tag, you're it. You're gonna take these people in three short days. You've wandered 40 years, three short days you're taking these people in. A new generation. New generation doesn't think like slaves. Doesn't have a broken mentality. They don't know what Egypt was like. So, we're back to sending spies again. We're back to sending some people into the camp. Go check it out. 
when God sends you into something, he's not sending you in to get a report. He's sending you in with a report. You're not going in to determine if you can take it. You're going in to determine how to take it. God is a strategist. God is a thinker. God's not just sending you into stuff whimsically. He wants you to start that business and he wants you to do some homework and he wants you to find out how do we do this and what are the best connections to make. Not to get overwhelmed and oh God, there's no way I could ever do this. You got the wrong guy. But no, to put your brain together because he wants to include you. Many times God sends us to spy out the land and we get so overwhelmed by what we find we talk ourselves out of the promise he's trying to send us into he called you to start a family start the family he called you to adopt those kids adopt the kids he called you to start the business start the business spy out the land do the homework do the research find out how he wants you to do it but you're going in regardless So we're back to sending out spies. Joshua chapter 2. Starting with verse 8. Before the men fell asleep, she, Rahab, went up on the roof and said to them, I know the Lord has given you this land. I know the Lord has given you this land. And that the terror of you has fallen on us. This is Rahab in the town. They're supposed to be destroying somebody on the inside is telling these spies we knew you guys were coming and everyone who lives in the land is panicking because of you. Are you hearing me today church? For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to Sihon and Og, the two Amorite kings, you completely destroyed across the Jordan. When we heard this, we lost heart and everyone's courage failed because of you. Because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. When they get to Jericho in Joshua chapter 6, it says this in verse 1. Now Jericho was strongly fortified because of the Israelites. Y'all better get this now. If you don't believe in what God can do, the devil does. If you don't believe in what is possible this year, your enemy does, and he's fearful of you. He's panicking from you. He's afraid of you. He's threatened by you. So much so that he's fortified and built up walls. And he's built up resistance against what you are called to do this year. And if you sit back on your hands, afraid to step out, afraid to put your faith out, your foot in the water, get out of 2020. Get into what God wants to do this year. You don't have time to fret. You don't have time to fear. Shake it off this year. I said shake it off this year. We're not laying back. I don't have time to sit back and watch. When the, Are you going to allow your enemy to be more convinced of what you're capable of than you are? Are you going to let the devil put faith in something that you won't even put faith in? Not this year. Not this year. Not this year. Stand up on your feet with me. We're not giving the enemy this year. We're not giving any place to the devil this year. I challenge you right now. January 3rd, 2021. Jump to conclusions this year. Jump to the end this year. Jump to a confidence this year. Get convicted this year. Build an assurance this year. That steadfast confidence this year. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the healed of the Lord. I'm not running. I'm not laying down. I'm not sitting. I'm fighting. I'm pushing. I'm pressing. I'm increasing. I'm advancing. I'm taking. We cannot be moved. Listen to these words. We cannot be shaken. Not be moved. Not be found in you. Your word is true. Found in you. Your word is true. We cannot be moved. Come on, we will not be moved. We cannot be shaken. Cannot be shaken. We are found in you. Your word is true. And your word, your word is forever. You can do it. You can do it. 
Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. You can be seated. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you this week, many of you, you'll need to take some time to fast. You'll need to take some time to pray. The mission of God and the purpose of God is nothing to be taken lightly. It's definitely something you want to get connected with the Spirit of God. It's definitely something you want to be in tune and sensitive to what He's saying, what He's speaking, how He's leading you. And so you're going to have to shut some things off. The Holy Spirit will not compete with your stuff. He's not going to shout over your TV and your, your social media and, and the people you hang around. You're going to have to disconnect it. You need to get with heaven, get with the Holy Spirit. And he'll show you. He is a revealer, not a keeper. He wants to show you. And you're going to be better because of it. Great and mighty things this year. Great and mighty things this year. Hallelujah. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.